All right, this week on One More Pass, we talk about Sam Darnold getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. Yes! So pumped about that. We talk about the NCAA National Championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga and what a dragging that was by the Baylor Bears. Oof. And we have a couple good pod dammits. Rob, you ready to go? Wait, Rob? Rob, you here? I guess Rob's not here. Joey. Joey, please tell me you're ready to go. Joey, you're here too? Uh, no one's here. It's just me. Oh, this is not good. Gosh, I really hope Rob and Joey show up. That'd be great. One more pass. Let's go. Welcome back to the One More Pass podcast. You can follow us at One More Pass on Instagram, at One More Pass on Twitter, One More Pass pod at gmail.com. I thought I was flying solo today. I mean, like we all have a bunch of stuff going on right now, so we all couldn't get together. But thanks to the sweet, sweet iPhone and the voice note app, we are good to go. So Rob and Joey will be checking in today from their iPhones on their voice note app. We're talking about Sam Darnold. We got the NCAA National Championship game. Pod damn it. So we're ready to go with that. So yeah, let's check in with Joey. Joey, how was your last week? It was good. It was good. We had a uh, we had a good show in Florida. Uh, makes uh, two of three shows this year in Florida. One in Texas. Uh, looking forward to something a little further north. We are actually heading out west um, tomorrow morning. We're flying out. We've got a show in Ivins, Utah, which is Southern Utah. And, uh, it should be fun. It, it, it's a, actually a pretty cool, um, pretty cool looking outdoor amphitheater kind of looks like a mini red rocks. And, um, they actually filmed a Brian Regan comedy special there. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, but the show in Florida was good. It was felt a little more, uh, a little more regular, a little more normal, probably because 95% of the people there weren't wearing masks. We still were, Catering was a little more typical, you know, fair catering, although it was, it was pretty decent and, you know, it felt, it felt more like a regular show. It was a pretty good size of crowd, a few thousand people there. They had kind of VIP area in the front, um, where they had them in little pods. Although when the show started it, people seemed to get closer together. Um, but people are ready. I mean, they, they, the response was great. Um, it was pretty energetic. Uh, and like I said, it, it, it was a good time. It, it felt, um, the most normal out of all the shows that we've done so far. And I think everybody is, is ready to have more of them. I definitely could have handled doing another two or three in a row, uh, before coming back home. Um, but we're flying out, um, tomorrow. This is a flight eight. And, uh, so yeah, our world tour two weekends in a row. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but it's been nice. It, it is, Good to remember that I still actually like playing the drums, but you know, you never know what that is going to be like. And, um, so it was fun to do. Nice. Nice. Joey. I'm surprised that Joey's old age, uh, he still wants to play about two or three shows in a row because I figured after the first one, he'd be a little tuckered out and have to uh, sleep for half the day to recover. But Joey, that's freaking awesome. Rob, dude, how was your last week? Greetings, gentlemen. And all our podcast listeners, our past receivers, coming to you uh, 
from Louisiana down here visiting some family. Got a nephew that's getting married. Exciting times. Uh, nothing much going on in the Paisley verse this past week, although the good news is uh, something did happen. Uh, I was driving around the other day. My phone started going off with a bunch of alerts in my calendar, and they started uh, adding a bunch of dates, 20-some-odd dates, a couple of holds, but mostly confirmed shows starting uh, in July. Uh, so pretty excited about that. Looking forward to get back in, uh, get back on the bus and get back to work. Hopefully we'll all be getting back to work very soon. Um, but yeah, very promising. Hoping those dates hold. Hoping uh, everybody does the right thing and we're all safe and get our vaccines and wear our masks so we can all have live concerts again. So that's pretty much all that's going on in the past week. Gosh, that's so great to hear, Rob. That is amazing. I'm glad you have some dates on the books and I do as well. So I will be hopping on with the Jordan Davis gang officially and uh, our tour with Kane Brown for the fall got announced. Jordan will be doing the first leg of that. We are doing solely, I think, NBA arenas, except we are playing at Penn State in their uh, basketball arena as well. But man, we get to play Barclays, Staples Center. Dude, we are so pumped about that. So uh, please, everybody, if you're into the vaccine, please go get it. Keep wearing your masks please. We would all like to feel safe in these huge venues. And hopefully by the fall, you know, we'll be ready to go inside, but yeah, it's nice to know that Rob and Joey will uh, be continuing their outdoor adventures and the Paisley train will be rolling this summer. That's amazing. But yeah, let's get into it. Sam Darnold getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. I am jacked about this. I think that Sam Darnold being at the Jets was completely terrible for him as we've seen, because obviously the Jets have been a big dumpster fire between Adam Gase and like ownership and management and the front office, it's just been just, you know, like kind of like the Achilles heel for Sam Darnold to progress as a quarterback. And I'm so stoked about him um, getting picked up by the Panthers. Um, I feel a little bit bad for Teddy Bridgewater, but you know, like I truly see a bunch of potential in Sam Darnold and him actually having a uh, great O-line to block for him and having great wide receivers to actually throw to. And besides Chris McCaffrey, gosh, that's just going to open up his game a lot too. But uh, yeah, Joey, what do you think about Sam Darnold going to the Panthers? God, I'm so pumped. I love the Sam Darnold trade. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a win for the Panthers. Yeah. There were, I know, you know, I, I don't know if it's been confirmed if the Broncos actually presented anything for interest, um, anything on that end. But I, I think the, I think it makes perfect sense. I think it makes perfect sense for, the Panthers, um, they didn't have to give up too much. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, 2021 sixth round pick and second and fourth in 2022 for potentially a franchise quarterback. Um, I don't know how much y'all watched the Jets play last year. Uh, they played Denver pretty tough. It was actually Denver's first win after another pathetic 0-4 start. <laughs> Darnold ran off like a, I think it was like a 70 yard touchdown run, almost let him back come from behind victory. Um, actually he went out of the game and then Joe Flacco came in. But anyway, all that to say, like the jets are a dumpster fire and Sam Darnold is a talented, talented quarterback. And I think I'm excited to see what he can do, um, under a real head coach and in a stable organization with some weapons around him. They have some nice pieces there. And I think it makes a lot of sense for him. Um, it makes the entire quarterback situation going into the draft 
for a number of different teams. It makes it really, really interesting. And I can specifically speak to Denver because Carolina picks right before Denver. Um, so, you know, you'd like to see, I'd like to think that this kind of takes Carolina out of the running for drafting a quarterback, you know, are they going to be willing to make possibly trade, uh, let Denver move up to get a quarterback. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a really interesting few weeks seeing what happens here, but I love the move for Carolina. Um, out of all of the free agents uh, that were, are not free agents, uh, quarterbacks that were available for trade or that we're talking about being traded in and, and, and coming in. Um, Darnold was the one that I wanted the most in Denver. Um, I think the guy has never really gotten a fair shot with the jets. And, you know, sometimes I think it's easy to forget how good these quarterbacks are when they come in the NFL, because the days of giving them time to develop and grow just doesn't really exist anymore. You know, for every Patrick Mahomes or, uh, you know, a quarterback at that level that just hits it right out of the gate of Russell Wilson, as much as it pains me to say, you're going to find 10 Josh Rosens or, you know, Sam Darnold or quarterbacks that they're just going to take a little bit, a little bit more time. And uh, I think him being able to go against stable ownership, good head coach, good pieces around him. Uh, I think he's going to do really well. I'm excited for him to have a chance. Um, it makes sense for the Jets they had obviously decided to move on. I think we're all going to be pretty stunned if they don't end up taking Zach Wilson with the number two pick. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's such a freaking brutal position. Was it three years ago? It took Darnold and they're already just out. I mean, it, it is, you don't get much time in this league, especially at that position. Um, and again, that's, I know I've said it before, but that's one of the reasons why I think that is the hardest position in sports. Yeah, not only is it one of the most demanding uh, physically and mentally, but your margin for error is so slim. Um, and it's very much a win now situation, especially with a first round pick, a draft pick that high where, you know, you're really only cost controlled, you're cost controlled for four years, and then you got a fifth year option. Um, but once you start getting that monster contract, as, as um, the, the Seahawks are now seeing with Wilson, you start paying a guy $30, $40 million, the Chiefs are going to find it out too with Mahomes. You've got a lot less money to spend in other places. So you've got to hit. If you take a quarterback in the first round, you take him early, you've really got to hit. Yeah, for sure. Man, gosh, I, uh, I'm so excited. So excited. Rob, what are you thinking about the uh, the Panthers trading for Sam Darnold? I'm kind of curious to hear uh, your take on it being a uh, old NFC South rival. Rob, what do you think? Sam Darnold to Carolina. That was the big story last week. Not really a huge, didn't, didn't really evoke a huge emotional response to me. The more I kind of think about it, uh, it kind of makes sense. I think, I know Carolina was one of the teams that was interested in Deshaun Watson. And I guess in the growing uh, barrage of sexual misconduct allegations and lawsuits that that uh, interest went away along with a bunch of other teams. Uh, I figured they would look for the draft to find their next guy, but uh, they tagged Darnold and they didn't have to give up too much for him. They get, uh, let's see, what is it? They give up a second and fourth round picks next season, next draft, and then a sixth rounder 
this year uh, for a quarterback who I think I would say has potential to definitely have some upsides. We didn't get to really see a ton of that in his time in New York, but, but that is a team that had issues from the field on up. So this is a new lease on life for Darnold. Uh, he's going to a team with, uh, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, arguably probably one of the best offensive players in the game right now, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. So he's definitely got targets. He's got, he's got a good supporting cast. So, uh, there's another upside. There's 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 a potential for greatness there. It still doesn't excite me. I don't look at him as a guy that's a number one starting QB. But then again, I don't think he's really had the chance. He's been playing on a pretty crappy team. It was pretty evident, I think, about, I would say, halfway into the season that Carolina had kind of moved on from Teddy. Obviously, you know, McCaffrey was out most of the season last year, and they just didn't really have much on either sides of the ball. I love Teddy. He's a great guy, and I wish him the best. I hope he gets to start somewhere, but he may end up be he may be a, end up being in the role of one of those, uh, you know, backup mentoring kind of quarterbacks, but I hope not. I hope he gets to play. Um, and, you know, that being said, I hope Darnold does well. I, I, again, this trade doesn't really excite me. It didn't really evoke any kind of great emotional response, you know, as a Saints fan, I don't look at that and go, oh man, you know, if they had gotten Watson, if none of the, you know, lawsuits and the sexual allegations had happened, if they had somehow traded and gotten Watson, that would have scared the shit out of me. But Darnold is not, even though with his potential and his upside, I mentioned before, he's not a guy that I look at and go, oh man, that's just, he and McCaffrey together, that's just a, you know, that's just a dangerous combo, but it could be, you know, very well could be, you know, the, the proof will be in the pudding. We have to see how they play together. I think Matt rules a great coach, Joe Brady. I mean, if anybody can get the potential out of them uh, with a great system and a great game plan, it, it's those two guys. So I definitely think the potential is there. Uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Whatever, Rob. I mean, you guys have Taysom Hill and he's not a real quarterback, so you can go suck one on that. But uh, yeah, let's just move on to the national championship game for college basketball. Have the old Baylor bears taken home the ship beating the Gonzaga bulldogs. And uh, man, gosh, old Baylor made Gonzaga look like a freaking JV high school basketball team out there. I mean, I mean like whenever I saw that Baylor game against Houston, you know, in the final four, uh, the first game of the final four, it was just mind blowing that, you know, just Baylor just completely dominated them to where like going into this Gonzaga game. I mean, like I still thought Gonzaga was going to win, but you know, like I kind of knew like it would be between like, you know, you know, like maybe a two to five point spread, you know, going Gonzaga's way, but man, I just didn't expect Baylor just to absolutely crush him. But um, yeah, God, it was so, uh, God, that game was amazing. But Rob, what are your thoughts on the national championship game? Baylor versus Gonzaga. I picked Baylor to win this game on very little evidence that I had. I've seen a lot of the, some of the highlights from the, the tournament. What I saw, I liked, but I basically, <laughs> I knew they were a, a good, a big, fast, defensively, you know, a pretty sound, you know, all around basketball team. And I kind of made my, I think I made my pick based on the fact that I have a lot of friends of mine that went to Baylor. But uh, I think it was pretty evident early on 
in the first couple of minutes of that game that the Bears were going to win. Gonzaga just did not show up. They were really out of sync. Whatever game plan they had, they were thrown off balance, very disjointed, did not look like the Gonzaga team that we had seen all season that had kind of, you know, in all tournament that had kind of been firing on all cylinders. I, I'd like to think part of it was UCLA kind of taking them to the mat for that overtime game. Might have taken some of the, the, the wind out of their sails, but all credit goes to Mark, uh, to, excuse me, to Scott Drew and, and Baylor. They just absolutely dominated in every aspect of the game. Defensively, offensively, they 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 played sound defense. Uh, it seemed like they were getting every rebound every every time a ball was coming off the rim. It, it seemed like a, a Baylor player was bringing it down. Um, they just were really tough. They're so big down inside with Thamba and and Mark Vidal. I think is a, a you know they call him a guard, but he's basically a you know a forward. They just played incredibly well hit their threes you know their transition game was great they just never let up on Gonzaga they never let them get any kind of rhythm you know they tried to make it interesting in the second half I think they went in down by 10 points at the second at the halftime and then made it interesting but they just they they just couldn't get in they just couldn't get close enough to, to really make it a game so hats off to Baylor man just really impressive win from buzzer to buzzer I don't know if there's really anything else more I can say about it. It was just, you know, I think we all wanted a closer game. It's all exciting and fun. It makes for, you know, a great story when you have these, you know, buzzer beaters and, you know, tight games. And But it just wasn't meant to be in, in, this, in this championship game. It was just, I think the tone was set very, very early on that Baylor was not going to be denied. So, Hats off to Baylor. Congratulations. You deserve it. You beat a great team. Uh, I feel bad for Jalen Suggs. I really love that kid. He's, he's an incredible player. Really has a great heart. Great competitor, but just wasn't meant to be. Uh, so congratulations, Baylor. Better, ne- better luck next year, Gonzaga. Yeah, man, I really do feel bad for uh, Jalen Suggs as well. You know, hopefully he uh, does pretty well going into the NBA whenever he decides to. But uh, Joey, man, dude, what do you think about that basketball game? Oh, man, that Baylor-Gonzaga game. Wow. I, I, I watched a lot of most of the tournament this year. And I actually had, I was winning my pool. I had Michigan beating uh, Baylor in the final. So I picked, I picked three out of four final four teams, which I was happy about. Um, although it didn't win me any money. So I guess I shouldn't have, shouldn't be that happy. I didn't do that well. Um, that one completely caught me by surprise. I, I thought Gonzaga, uh, as great as that the UCLA Gonzaga game was, um, which I was stunned that UCLA played them that tight. I thought Gonzaga was going to win that game. Baylor was just, they were just absolutely dominating. I, I mean, dominating. I, I, I know I, I texted um, with you guys a bit. The, the only other game that really reminded me was um, when UNLV uh, beat Duke back in 90. They won by 30 points in the championship game. My dad went to UNLV, so I was a huge UNLV fan as a kid. Um, and then 
but to have that dominate of a performance. And then the next year they went undefeated up until they lost to Duke in the final four. Um, so that a couple things on that, it goes to show you how hard it is to completely remain undefeated throughout the season and win a national championship. Um, but also to, to be dominated like that by Baylor. I, I don't think I've ever seen a basketball team. Uh, UNLV was great at this too. Granted, I was only 12 years old when, when they were at their peak and I was watching them, but the offensive rebounding by Baylor was unbelievable. I know I texted you guys and joked that their, uh, their point, their point guard, who I am blanking on his last name right now. Um, he, he looked like he was 35 years old and he he played like he was 14. I mean, he was a monster. He was everywhere. Gonzaga could not get rebounds. It didn't matter. Offensive, defensive, Baylor was everywhere. They were all over it. They hit the shots they needed to hit. I think Gonzaga, after the second half, they got it to within nine. But even then, for me personally, I I never thought that game was was out of control or that Baylor was uh, really going to let them get back in it. You know, they're so well coached. Drew does he coaches them so well. They just they just play basketball the right way. And I know I say this every week when we talk about March Madness, but I, gosh, I just love watching those kids play. I love how hard they play. I love the way the game is played. I mean, all the pick and rolls and the backdoor cuts on both sides, two incredibly well-coached teams. It's just fun basketball to watch. That's the basketball that I remember watching as a kid. And people would argue that, well, the NBA is just a different game. You can't compare the two. Okay, I understand that. But the way that I prefer to watch basketball being played is the way that those guys play it. And uh, and you saw it throughout the tournament, and you saw Baylor do it. I I I still can't believe how much they they just dominated them. I think it started out nine zip, and in fact I know it was nine zero because uh, the announcers I think Jim Nance said in the second half to win Baylor. Uh, I'm sorry, when um, Gonzaga got within nine, that was the closest they had been since uh, since they were down nine zero. Um, but when they just poured it on, they just Gonzaga just didn't have an answer. I really, really like Mark Few. They're such a good story. They're they're such a good team. They're so well coached. They do everything the right way. It's so rare to hear about uh, Gonzaga players getting in trouble. And but they they just didn't they didn't have it. Um, you know, you can make an argument where they hung over, maybe emotionally hung over from that UCLA game, possibly, and that was you know, only two days earlier and it was went into overtime and it was such a, it was such a great game. Um, but I mean, boy, right, right from the beginning, it just looked like Baylor was determined to not only try to win the game, try to beat them, but just completely steamroll them. Um, and it just, it just wasn't close at all. So hats off to Baylor. Um, it's so awesome. Their first national championship, uh, in basketball, uh, men's basketball, I know they have one in women's as well. Um, it's great. <clears throat> and hats off and kudos to the NCAA for pulling that tournament off. Um, you know, losing the tournament last year, along with many other things last year, was such a bummer. And it, it was it was such a big loss for COVID for the sports world. And to have that back was, I think it just means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and I'm really, really glad that it happened. 
and I'm glad that it happened safely. I think they only had um, VCU was the only team that they had to pull out um, because of of issues with COVID. Um, and that's impressive. It's not easy to do. And hats off to the NCAA, the kids, coaches, staff, athletic training. I mean, everybody, city of Indianapolis, putting it on. They haven't done that before. Putting it on in one city, multiple multiple venues. Um, it was really, really impressive. Yeah, man. Gosh, like I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, the whole like undefeated season thing just kind of really came to bite them in the ass there at the end because, you know, like Baylor just being so motivated just to, well, like one, obviously just win the whole thing, but two, it's like, you know, probably being like an underdog, which like, I think I saw a video of uh, like the post game celebration and one of the Baylor players was asked, oh yeah, like with the last time they were underdogs and he was like, oh man, like back in September or October, something like that. So man, like, I think they were just like really just fired up to play that game just to knock Gonzaga off that pedestal of being the, uh, like the last undefeated team. And yeah, dude, just, just Baylor looked absolutely unreal in that game. So pass off to them. Congrats to the Baylor bears, but let's move on to pod. Damn it. Joey, do you want to go first? Okay. Pod. Damn it. This is, should be a pretty, pretty easy one. It's 2021. Um, it's not the seventies or the eighties or the nineties. Um, so it's 2021, you know, most things are digital, electronic, email, text, social media. Why are people still putting flyers and business cards on everybody's mailboxes? First of all, it's illegal. You know, you're not supposed to do that. Um, and so I think for people to try to bend the rules, which, I guess I'll have to ask any lawyer friends if it's actually illegal, if it's not inside your mailbox, but you know, they put a rubber band, whether it's landscaping or handyman or trying to sell you something and they put it on uh tape it to your mailbox where they put a rubber band on and they put around the, the little red flag in your mailbox. Um, and it pisses me off. Why? Because 95% of it ends up in the, in the street ends up in the lawn, it gets rained on, it gets blown away, it goes down the road, and it's just freaking trash and litter all over the neighborhood. I was out on a run this morning and saw an old man that was probably, I guess, early 80s, bending over to pick up this this thing that he didn't want, this, this uh, card for landscaping that someone put there. It had rain all over it, got washed down, and he was picking it up out of his lawn. Like, come on, people. That, that sucks. Don't do that anymore. There are other ways to advertise. Put your info on a listserv. You know, start a social media page. Um, it just it sucks. It's not fair to people to give them a chore to have to do uh, to throw away your trash. So it's also trash. And uh, like I said, it ends up in the lawn. It ends up in the street. It's just lame. We're not. It's not 1984. There's other ways to get to get the word of mouth out. Let people know about your company. Stop putting things on every single person's mailbox that they didn't ask for it. Don't put it there. It sucks. It's garbage. It's littering. Keep America beautiful. Pod damn it. <laughs> Absolutely. Rob, pod damn it. My pod damn it this week goes out to whoever makes a little paper sleeves or wrappers that go around drinking straws. I don't know if it's just me 
But over the past couple of years or so, I've noticed like when I go to like say a Chipotle or, or a restaurant or wherever, when I go get a, a drink and I, it used to be able where you could just tap one of those straws on a countertop or a tabletop and it would just poke right through, pop the straw in your mouth, pull the sleeve off, toss it out, put it in your drink, you're ready to go. But now it seems like every time I go grab a straw, I have to, I have to literally like grab it, bang it on a tabletop or a counter like I'm, I'm driving a nail into a piece of wood. And, if, and sometimes that doesn't even work. Sometimes you actually have to like put your drink down, tear the tip off, or peel it down like you're peeling a banana to get the thing off. I don't know why they're making these things stronger than they need to be, but they need to go back to the way they're doing it. I don't know who makes it. It might be one company that makes all these things. It might be 17 of them. I don't know. But whoever's doing it, they need to stop. Please go back to be making the straw coverings the way they used to be, where you can just pop them off with one tap on the table. God damn it, out. Yeah, man, those are two really good pod dammits. Um, yeah, like I'll keep mine short. Um, like apparently there's gonna uh, be like the Nashville uh, Speedway uh, that was in use like a long time ago, and like I think they're trying to revamp it to kind of bring NASCAR back to Nashville. And uh, like in, you know, of course, in classic fashion, there's always the people who are just like, oh no, I'm against this, you know, blah blah blah, taxpayer money. Oh, people live there. I don't want to live next to a racetrack. Blah blah blah. I mean, like it happens every single time a stadium gets built in any town. Guess what? It's gonna happen. Sorry. Uh, you know, like your property value is going to go up. So, so you can probably sell your house for more. Oh, I'm so sorry. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like just people who always have to boycott stadiums being built or whatever else it's like, Hey, if you're in a big city, this is going to happen eventually, like once every five years. So yeah, just pod damn it. Just get used to it. It's fine. If you don't like it, move, guess what? You can sell your house for more than what you bought it for because it's more accessible to all these things. And yeah, your property value will uh, go up and you can make money off of it. So yeah, like, I don't know why, like, I know that's probably a, a hot take to some people, but yeah, it happens in every major town. So just get over it. If you don't like it, move, it's fine. They're going to do it anyway. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, I mean, I guess you can sign a petition, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a petition uh, do anything when it comes to a sporting uh, uh, stadium being built or a uh, venue or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's fine. It, it's fine. It's fine. All right. And that wraps up this week's episode of one more pass. Hopefully Robin Joey will join me next week. That'd be really nice. I'm just in my studio by myself. This is kind of depressing, but it's been fun hearing Joey and Rob's voice notes uh, for this episode. It's been amazing. So yeah, add one more pass on Instagram, add one more pass on Twitter. One more pass pot at gmail.com. I think I can speak for Jillian Rob when we say to our loyal pass receivers, be safe. Don't be an asshole. Go get the vaccine. We all three have it. It's safe. I know some people may have some reservations about that, but with us going back on the road and touring, especially in arenas in the fall, we just want everybody to be safe. But if you don't want to get the vaccine, just keep wearing your mask. That would be great as well. Actually, just do both for a little bit longer. It's fine. It's fine. Go hang out outside. Enjoy the week. It's springtime. We'll see y'all next week right here on One More Pass.